Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Instead, we should be really figuring out what it is that makes us human that AI and robotics and technology can't touch, because that will ultimately be the differentiator in business. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 305 of Impact Boom. My name is Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today we're speaking with Leah Koss. Leah Koss is on a mission to change the way we value people in society, starting with the way we educate our youth. To prepare today's kids for a future filled with artificial intelligence, technology, and ongoing change, she has built platforms and education methodologies that promote the development of essential human skill development in children and youth. She is the founder and co-founder of growing organizations such as Build a Biz Kids, BBK Network, and Your Current Future. Utilizing her extensive background in franchising and ongoing research in essential skill development and mindset, she is on a mission to reinvent the education system. Her organizations are actively utilizing new methods designed to draw out each child's unique talents and equip them with the ability to share their gifts with the world. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the positive impacts created by providing social enterprise education for children in Australia and globally, and what measures need to be taken so workers remain competitive with emerging technology and business trends. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So to start off, Leah, could you please just share a bit about your background and then what led to your initial interest in work and social enterprise? Like so many people, when they get to this stage of their life as I am, what you end up doing just happens serendipitously. It's nothing that you could have ever predicted when someone asked, when you're 10 years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? There's no way you can predict that. And if you ask most of my friends from early parts of my life, I would have never predicted that I'm working in education or with kids. I was always such a hardcore business-oriented person really wanting to take over the world in that regard. In terms of my background, that's exactly what I did. Right out of college, I got an incredible job with a great company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. They're an international franchise. And franchising just became that thing that I did. And it was all about scale, growth, and how you could help other people start their own business in a very systematized way. That's basically the essence of franchising. I got the entrepreneur bug. Actually, I had it when I was a kid. I just didn't know what it was back when I was growing up in the 90s entrepreneurship was not a word. It was, you have your own business. It was actually looked on as like, oh, you can't get a job. You probably hustle cars on the side or something. Like entrepreneurship really wasn't a thing in the eighties and nineties. And growing up, I didn't know what it was, but then all of a sudden this world of business opened up to me and I just leaned into it. I've got about 15 years of franchise consulting experience. And when it came to doing what I do now, which is education, it's all focused around helping kids to grow up differently than what we did because 
that's how it should be. We live in a different world these days and they should be having a different educational experience. I just ended up going for coffee with an old friend of mine. We used to work together at 1-800-GOT-JUNK and she had started this cool kids entrepreneurship program. And I thought, oh, that's so cute. And then all of a sudden something clicked in my mind and I went on this vendetta. I think a lot of us get passionate first about whatever the social initiative is that we glom onto because of anger or a sense of misjustice. I'm a change. You're hurting things. It's like, fix this. And so all of a sudden I was just, my gosh, if I had this experience when I was a kid, what a different trajectory my life would have taken. What a different value system I would have instilled in myself. What's actually important to the world and where I can contribute. That's just an accidental coffee. And it just completely changed my life from then on. It's been nothing but education, innovation, challenging, and supporting the education system here in Canada. Wow. It's a really, really great transition that you've made into that social impact space. And it's great to see that you have your roots there in that entrepreneurship and that business mindset. It really fits with our values. And you're now the founder of Build a Biz Kids. So can you please tell us a bit more about this organization and its core social mission? Yeah, absolutely. So Build a Biz Kids is a registered charity. And when we first started, it was primarily just to offer practical education programs. Just practical education, things that you and I do every day. Let's have little kids do that and let's get them integrated into the world. Let's have them building natural resiliency, learn how to make decisions and things like that. Like many organizations, we look at entrepreneurship as a great medium with which to flex some of those skills and students. But we look at a lot of other things too, including social enterprise raising and prototyping things that can change the future. So we were just innovating really cool curriculum and delivering that directly to youth. Once COVID happened, there was such a huge shift that we went through, not just to pivot online, but really the reach that happened. I think one thing that was so cool is it didn't matter in COVID if I was partnering or collaborating with a business that was in the building next to me or on the complete opposite side of the world. It just didn't matter anymore because we're not meeting in person anyway. So let's just do yeah. some really fun stuff. And all of a sudden we realized that we could reach so many more students. And we ended up doing a lot of research and development through COVID on just communication and all these teachers they have 20 years experience teaching, but only in the classroom. The moment they go online, they're like, nobody's listening to me. Well, maybe we aren't even teaching the teachers how to teach effectively. They thought they were good, but it's just because they could literally stand in front of the kid and be like, listen to me. Now the kids are in their bedroom with every distraction at their disposal. Maybe we need a different approach. And that's really what we started to do. We started to not only support leaders, but then supporting the parents, kids while they were at home, living in isolation during that time. We partnered with a lot of organizations and we learned a lot. Now we're packaging a lot of what we've learned and through 2020 to now, done a really big speaking tour, helping educators with making that pivot and how to communicate differently with youth. But we're also taking all of this really innovative online and in-person curriculum that we've developed and we're licensing it to schools all over the world. We've now shifted realizing so many entrepreneurs have that moment where you're like, you don't have to do it all yourself. We really want to make a change. And we're like, we can't possibly reach every kid in the world. So let's yeah. partner with other organizations. Let's just be that support mechanism that challenges the education system, not just what we're teaching, but how we're teaching it why we're teaching it. Those are all those questions that we ask here at Build a Biz Kids. I love that approach and really targeting those systemic issues and those practices that need to be changed from the base up. It's such a fantastic idea and it's really evident in all of your work at Build a Biz Kids. So we're talking about those systemic issues as well and more broad society. How can society help more effectively 
deliver education to ensure that the future generations don't start to fall behind? That is such a huge, huge question. And it's because mm. there's a lot of people's opinions who are entitled to opinions on what that should look like. First off, there's definitely no one right answer, whether that be because of the country that you live in or because of the innovation that's happening around you because of your parental opinions in the household and values and stuff like that. Plus the individual itself, the, the child having all different learning abilities that we've now come to recognize can be massive strengths if tapped into in the right way. What is it that we need to look at as a society? I think the first thing is recognizing that we're not chasing the right answer. It's about being as loose and open to questioning ourselves on a regular basis. Traditionally, one of the things that has been cultivated in a lot of traditional education systems is that the teacher is at the front of the room and they're essentially the gatekeeper to knowledge. And you have to approach that gatekeeper and appease them by answering things the way that they want it answered. That's why there's multiple choice tests. That's why even if you write an English exam, they're looking for a certain perspective to be delivered there. But what we want to shift that as is the teacher shouldn't be the smartest person in the room. My goodness, what a threshold we'd be hitting all the time of expertise if the teacher is meant to have all the answers. Instead, they should be the ones who are facilitating discovery and we should be approaching everything even science, there's no right answer. We should be giving kids the space to find the answers, but more importantly, teaching them to ask the right questions. Back in the day, we look at terms like horsepower and manpower because horsepower and manpower was how we measured things. How many men does it take in a factory to produce X amount of widgets? But the reality is we don't live in that world anymore. So we're not trying to pump out manpower from schools now. We're trying to pump out better humans. Because with how the world is going, you look at AI, robotics, and technology, they can do things that we teach kids to do in school, like math and science, data collection, and regurgitating information and facts. Machines and AI can do that better and faster and more accurately, 24-7 without vacation pay needed. Is that really what we need to be pumping out of the education system? Instead, we should be really figuring out what it is that makes us human that AI and robotics and technology can't touch, because that will ultimately be the differentiator in business. It'll be the differentiator in why we want to spend our dollars in certain places. And it's also going to be the thing that us as an individual is going to be feeling more fulfilled with. There are some people who love tackling math, but for the vast majority of us, and the whole purpose of this podcast is because we want to make change. We want to know that we did something and that trickle effect into something really awesome in the world. And that can only be done if we really start to hone in on what makes us human and then figure out how can we teach and cultivate those skills in the classroom. It's such a beautiful sentiment, focusing on what makes you human. I love that so much, Leah. Thank you for sharing that insight. I really think that there's something for everyone to take out of that, regardless of their profession or regardless of their field or the space which they're operating in. So currently as well, along with Build a Biz Kids and all the other amazing work you're doing, you also work with your current future. So you focus on emerging trends in business. That's a really brief summary. But what key developments have you seen throughout your career and throughout this work with your current future? And where will there be more opportunities for people in the future? Your current future. That's basically like my personal brand, if you will. And it's where people always say, what does your current future look like? It's like based on where you're standing right now, you have a certain future 
that's mapped out. You can probably predict that if you're going to university and you're taking a four-year program, your current future is that you're going to have an MBA in four years, and then you'll have certain options available to you. But you can make different choices today and then change what that current future is. And I think depending on who we talk to, if I talk about K to 12 education, right? A lot of people in business and commerce, people who perhaps don't have kids, even those who do have kids, but they're like, no, my kid's in school. It's fine. We can phase over it because we don't know exactly what that impact is. It's like, oh gosh, that's 10 years from now that I got to worry about that. So with your current future, it's really positioning it from the other standpoint, not even really talking about education, but talking more so about bridging the skill labor gap. It's about hiring and not having as high of turnover because you've learned how to find a good fit for your company with an individual who can grow with you for the long term and not become obsolete because the skills that you hired them for, you no longer need because every three to five years, your technology is innovating and it's evolving and this person can't keep up. It's about talking to people from a commerce and economic standpoint to help them see, wouldn't it be great if we could start hiring people? at 16 years old, wouldn't that be cool for the kid too, to be like, yeah, like I'm valuable already, as opposed to this mindset that so many people have where it's like, I just want to graduate already. And they finally graduate and they're like, oh, I thought I was done, but I'm not valuable yet because I'm being told I have to go to college and university. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. So I'm going to do like two years of random stuff. And then I'll figure out that four-year program I want to commit to. And then all of a sudden they're still living at home and they're 24, they're 25, they're 26. And they're like, finally, I've graduated. Yes. And they're like, oh, still not quite valuable yet. Cause I've got to start at the bottom of the rung and work my yeah. way up. And, and it's like, why? Here's how I like to position this to people. If I were to tell you, I am going to pay for your meals and the roof over your head. And for 12 years, you can study whatever you want. Think of how much you could do with 12 years and not having to pay rent. That is what a child lives. <laughs> we have them in school for 12 years. So how is it after 12 years, they're getting pumped out of the system with lower self-esteem than ever before, not feeling like they're able to contribute to the world and not feeling prepared when back in the day, an 18 year old was like, what, you're not married yet? You should be starting a family, buying a house. We've all of a sudden created a culture of you're not valuable yet. And I think it's because the world doesn't actually know how to value a human anymore. I think Apple was one of the last big ones. They announced you no longer have to have an MBA to apply to work at head office. They're recognizing that that MBA, people would be like, if you have an MBA or whatever it is that they want, and they go, oh, it's in archaeology though. And I'm applying for a sales position. That's okay. As long as we can check off, you've got an MBA, you're in the club. That's so ridiculous. What if we instead just brought kids up and for 12 years, they're working on things that matter to the world. When we teach mm. them about math, it's not because they have math class. It's because they got to figure out how much profit they're going to make because they have lemonade they want to sell. Let's make it relevant. Let's put them into the real world and get them out of this classroom construct. And all of a sudden they can start their lives whenever they want. And they determine their value, not this other social mechanism that's determining our value. It's a really profound observation, Leah, about just the value of humans and finding that value and something you enjoy, I think, at a base level as well, not just being pushed out of the system. And once again, just addressing those systemic problems which is a really powerful way to act and it's great to see the kind of factors into your work so thank you for sharing that insight Leah and why is it crucial 
if we're talking about the next generation and business practices, why is it crucial to engage the next generation in business practices and more specifically that social enterprise space? That's a twofold question. Why is it so important? Because I think we can all agree the trajectory of change in the world is moving faster than ever before. And we can theorize that it's going to continue to move even faster in the future. If the education that we're giving people is not up to speed today, it's not going to be up to speed tomorrow and so forth, right? And there's this thing called the skill labor gap. And what that means is that we have all of these vacancies. People are trying to hire people, yet we have all of this unemployment. Why are they not matching up? Why are companies complaining they can't find good people? Why are people complaining they can't find a good job? Well, it's because the people who are available have outdated skills or are presenting themselves with only these technical skills. And then the companies are having a checklist of only these technical skills. But unfortunately, your technical skills were valid five years ago. We need someone who knows the 3.0 version and they're not lining up. Meanwhile, if the company were to actually find someone with those technical skills, they'd become Mm -hmm. obsolete in three to five years. And that person who finds that their only value is in their technical skills, they're missing out on so much other value and confidence within themselves that they have other value that they could be presenting that would allow them to have longevity in a company and be able to contribute to more than just this one sit in your cubicle and stay in your lane mentality that can be still quite prominent today. It's really important. And it's bridging that gap is very crucial. And you see it in a lot of the work you're doing. I think across all of your projects would be fair to say. So thank you for sharing that advice and that observation about the space itself. And we're coming towards the end of our interview. So I've just got one last question for you, Leah. To finish off, what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? There's so many, and I think that's really going <laughs> to relate to what you're most interested in. I could recommend mm. the best book in the world, but if you're not in a space where that matters to you, then it can easily be glossed over. But I would say one that I think, whether you're an educator, boss, parent, or just someone who's really trying to understand how their brain works and the feelings of self-sabotage and that, that nagging voice that can be in our head that you're not valuable and those insecurities that we have. One of my favorite ones is called Growth Mindset, and it's by Carol Dweck. She's kind of the Mm -hmm. godmother of who really coined the phrase growth mindset. And that one is just on so many different levels, a great way to learn how to start talking to yourself, how to catch yourself when your mind starts talking to you, (laughs) but then also how you are communicating with others and how you could just be inadvertently limiting them on what they think is valuable in ways that as a society, I tell a child, you're so smart, believe it or not, that's a limiting construct that we're putting on that person. I know that one's going to make people go, what? You're crazy. But kids who are praised on being smart and who do tend to get straight A's all through A to 12 are actually more likely to cheat on their exams in university because of the stress that they feel because love has only been given to them when they get the A's. There's certain things like that. I think everyone could do with just us reassessing how we were raised our limiting beliefs and how that might have a correlation so that we can stop that cycle moving forward with the youth of tomorrow. Growth mindset. It's a really fantastic read and we get it recommended a lot by entrepreneurs. And I think it just speaks to how important that concept is for people of all walks of life. So thank you for recommending that to our audience, Leah. 
And we're at the end of our interview now today. All of those initiatives, resources, that book you just mentioned, all of these organizations and concepts and entrepreneurs will be linked in at the end of the article. So anyone who's either listened to our interview or has just read on through the transcript, they'll be able to click on through and check that all out, which is great. And I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, Leah, thank you just so much for making the time today to share your generous insights and your observations about the sector as a whole. There's just so much gold there for people to take out of that and for people to integrate into their lives and their professional careers. So just thank you once again for making that time. And I just want to say all the best in the future with all of your endeavors, including your kind of future and build a biz kids. They're such amazing and wonderful projects and I just can't wait to see the change that they make. So thank you once again. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.